You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. Welcome to the show. My name is Christian Colley and with me this week is Gavin Phillips. How are you doing, Gavin? I'm doing pretty good, Christian. Yeah, had a lovely weekend. Uh, how about yourself? Um, yes, also had a uh, smashing weekend, uh, meeting up with uh, family members I haven't seen for quite some time because we're distributed around the UK in uh, various manners and patterns and uh, it takes a big family event to uh, get people together. That's what makes it uh, all the more exciting, though, isn't it? Bit of yeah. a trek, but but good times when you get there. Bit of a trek and uh, good times and good memories. Yeah, absolutely. We are here to uh, bring you the latest tech news that matters to how you use your devices and uh, then give you some tips and tricks or have a discussion. Uh, this week, uh, we're somewhere in between the tips and tricks and discussions. We're going to be looking at uh, waterproofing. But rugged hardware, really, isn't well, it? Well, rugged hardware, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Um, what resistant, waterproofing, uh, that kind of thing. Um, it's, which is pretty appropriate because it's absolutely tanking down outside. Yeah, you wouldn't want to leave your uh, phone out in this, would you? Well, that said, we'll get to that in a minute, won't well, we? Well, <laughs> we may well indeed, yeah. Uh, we're going to uh, just do a little bit of news now. Pal World is a game that uh, seems to be uh, getting a lot of attention it, it's very similar to Pokemon, isn't it? It does have uh, some stark similarities <laughs> to it. Um, but this is the news that uh, Pokemon are investigating copyright claims, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which I don't know if you've played it, Christian, but I, I've, I've played it for a bit. And there are definitely some big similarities how far Pokemon could go with claiming that they're infringing on Pokemon's copyright, I think that's kind of up in the air for me. I think you might be right on that, but I do think there might be a reputational damage that they might be able to claim with the uh, the combat element. Yes, the combat is the, the big thing for me during my time I've played is the, um, the, the capture of the pals, as they're called in this, rather than Pokemon, uh, which is... Uh, if any of our listeners have ever played Pokemon, you know, you throw a Pokeball at the at the Pokemon to capture it. And this process within Pal World is basically exactly the same. Um, you know, the idea of going around and fighting and battling Pals uh, or Pokemon uh, is, you know, you can't really put a copyright on that idea. But the sort of the bits around it the gameplay around the capturing and the management of them i think there definitely may be some issues there yeah so well uh, yeah so that's again it's it's an, it's in early access isn't it and yet it's on, it's already sold 8 million copies yeah they've been completely uh sideswiped basically by how popular it's going to be it's a tiny independent studio um the 
I can't remember the lead dev's name, but they did an interview recently with him where he said, we didn't even know what our budget was. <laughs> we just started making a game and now we've made it and it's become an overnight sensation because it essentially brings what people have wanted for a long time, PC players and uh, console players, yeah. which is a game like Pokemon that you don't have to have a Nintendo for. Sure. Um, and it definitely fits that niche really well. Yeah, it does. It's, um, I mean... I, I, it looks it looks a lot of fun. Have you played it properly? Yeah, I've put in about 10, 12 hours so far. Oh, wow, okay, so yeah, that's properly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't done much of the multiplayer game yet um, because I haven't got many people who are playing it. <laughs> but I've done a lot of the single-player game so far, okay. which has been... It's all right, you know, you, you bimble into it, um, wander around, go and capture your pals, you build up your base and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it's got, like, good RPG elements, so it, it is worth a, good, uh, worth a try, I think. Okay. Hmm. Might check that out. We'll move on now to Netflix, a uh, regular regular topic of conversation on this show. Uh, we uh, did, did a look at um, streaming services a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so if you want to check that out, we uh, basically decided uh, which was the best video streaming service for 2024. I'm not going to tell you what it is now. You can go and uh, listen and find out what we decided. But uh, one of the things we were discussing was um, how rates have gone up and it's less easy to share these things. And Netflix uh, is one of these companies that has um, made it more difficult to share accounts and apparently its password crackdown has fueled a sign-up surge uh, as reports the BBC and um, 13.1 million subscriptions in three months um, in the last quarter of 2023 which is the most for any quarter since 2020 that's uh I'm surprised it's had such an effect actually it's quite uh, phenomenal, isn't it? I was more leaning on the side of thinking people would just stop using it. Yeah, same or here, yeah. they would start pirating their favourite content or, or whatever. Uh, that they've managed to get, oh yeah, 13.1 million more subscriptions. is like That's a lot of people that have yeah. said, fine, we'll, we'll finally cough up the money for it. So maybe, just maybe, Christian, we'll get some better Netflix content this year. <laughs> well, th- I mean, I've found Netflix has been a little bit, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say better, um, but I've, I've, I've noticed there's a, a, a few shows that uh, seem to be a bit more, um, of more interest to my wife, let's put it that way, um, than there had been over the preceding few months. So maybe it's uh, coincidental or maybe that's part of a uh, determined uh, sort of strategic uh, re- refocusing by Netflix. Yeah, it could be. But um, I guess we shouldn't ever lose sight of the fact that even with the password sharing, Netflix was still a phenomenally profitable company, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, raking yeah. in multiple billions per year. So there was certainly no more begging of that money. There. Oh, yeah. yeah, precisely. And more of that money could have always gone back into ensuring the shows that uh, pe- uh, people liked weren't cancelled after one season. Again, a topic we covered in our uh, big streaming episode the other week. But yeah. um, certainly when you see the level of money they're raking in, you do kind of go... Hmm, did they really need to cancel that after one season? Yeah. It was really popular, all that sort of stuff. So, but still, good news for Netflix. Yeah, they're certainly keeping keeping up sales of tiny violins, aren't they, with their uh, (laughs) claims of poverty? Okay. 
Yeah, so we're going to move on now to our look at uh, ruggedization, rugged phones, uh, waterproof and water resistance. Uh, I mean, pretty much every device you get these days has an element of uh, water resistance to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You'd be surprised to buy a smartphone these days that wasn't at least water resistant to some degree. Uh, it varies massively between the phones, obviously. But if you buy a, a top tier Samsung, for example, you would expect it to have a very, very good water resistance and dust resistance rating. So that and that would be you'd be looking at really sort of a drop in the bath, drop in a puddle pick it up again it should be it should just drip dry and you shouldn't have any further problems oh yeah absolutely so for example the iphone 12 is rated as uh ip68 and i'll explain some of the ip stuff in a minute yeah. but that means the the iphone 12 is rated for protection at uh, up to six meters uh and that can last for up to 30 minutes whereas the predecessor the iphone 12 was only rated for depths of two meters uh, up to 30 minutes so it changes between um, generations. So um, I'll just explain a bit more about what those IP numbers mean. Um, and they are the codes uh, set by the um, International Electrotechnical Commission. And they basically determine how waterproof or dustproof a device is. Mm -hmm. So the IP is the, is the ingress protection phrase. And then the two digits tell you uh, the water or the dust. So the first digit is dust. Um, and so six is the highest rating for dust. And uh, the second digit is for water. And the highest digit there is is nine. Right. So for example, um, a device with um, a rating of um, eight, say for water, could be submerged in more than one meter of water for more than 30 minutes and it should have um, zero effect. Um, so that gives you a frame of reference for like how long you should keep uh, or should not keep your device in, in yeah. water, as it were. Um, the important thing to note as well with all of these, um, and it's one thing that I've seen people fall foul of, is that none of this applies to salt water. Right. Salt water is still uh, like garlic for a vampire. Like, <laughs> you cannot put them together. It's still really bad, and the salt will still corrode your device, whether it has a protection level or not. It should... Theoretically, you could drop it in the sea by accident, get it out, dry it, it should be fine. Yeah. But you shouldn't be taking your Samsung S23 down for some undersea pictures because it will ruin your phone. If you did drop a phone and you did feel it was going to, uh, maybe it's had a bit of damage, do we, do we still recommend rice? Uh, I think that's kind of long gone, really. Right. I think there, there were sort of ideas about it, it working because it, meant to draw the draw the moisture out and draw the moisture yeah. out the best option is always dry it off as much as you can uh and put it in a just a, a relatively warm environment not mm -hmm. hot like you don't want to put it in um in don't oven. put it in the oven for yeah. example set to 100 degrees or whatever that is in fahrenheit um but like a, an airing cupboard yeah or something like close that, to the boiler it's yeah, exactly, where it's a nice stable temperature and it's just going to help it dry out. Because part of the issue with water getting into electronics isn't necessarily actually that the water will immediately cause it to break. 
it's that once water is in the device and you try and turn it on, that's when the shorting happens. And water left upon the device uh, or inside the device that hasn't dried fully uh, will also then could lead to corrosion on the various bits of hardware in the device. um, A few years ago, I was given a rugged phone to review. I think the first one of these I did was a Doogee S95. And I was looking at it, and it was, you know, it was a decent weight, this phone. I thought, well, this is a pretty hardy piece of kit. But how do I really test (laughs) how hard it is? You know, how how hard is this phone? So this is way back in 2020, so four years ago, I was uh, given this phone. And there's various things I tried. So I tried, um, I, I threw it in a pond. Obviously, um, fresh water. I also um, tried throwing it about. And, now, fair to say, fair play to the designers, it didn't, it wasn't damaged once. I mean, you know, the the display picked up minor cracks and what have you, and you get a bit, you know, I was throwing it around on the beach because, you know, sand, damp sand in particular is pretty hard. And, um, yeah, it was, it just survived. It's a good piece of kit, that. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? Because I don't know if you remember, Christian. You remember the thirty, the Nokia thirty-three ten. Yeah, yeah. It kind of would self-destruct with the slightest sort of impact, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. And so various <laughs> other phones. So there was the original one, and then the new one as well. The new one was like would explode, but the original <laughs> one, my God, yeah. So they were great devices, though. <laughs> I once um, one of the first phones I ever had, I dropped. Probably about, um, and, and this was in. A, I was going upstairs in a stairwell in an office block, okay, and I basically dropped it down three steps, okay. But I was on the I was on the first floor, so that's the second floor in, in the US, and I dropped it. And <laughs> the pieces just sprung into action into every direction, going. I had to go oh, all the way back down to the ground floor to get the battery. No way. Yeah, just, just, just when they're like yeah. fly apart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like those uh, those blown up pictures you can get uh, for your wall where they've deconstructed a phone. Uh, <laughs> like a piece of modern artwork. Totally like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah, so yeah, they, um, but these days, you know, phones like, I mean, this, the DGS95 isn't the only one I've done uh, in that way. There was another one a couple of years later where I, Reviewed by um, dropping it in a bucket, throwing it in the sea, and throwing it as far as I could, which embarrassingly wasn't very far at all. (laughs) (laughs) I throw like a girl, it seems. (laughs) You should made a small uh, catapult, uh, homemade trebuchet, that sort of thing. That's totally what I should have done. I should have spoken to my son about that. He actually has a sort of a... A Nerf catapult thing or something. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I should have used that. Oh, if only, if only. The benefit of hindsight, eh? Yeah, so, um, speaking of that, I mean, these phones were rugged. So what makes a smartphone rugged and durable? We've got a useful look at this. So, basically, if your phone has protection from cracks and scratches, you can consider it to be durable and rugged. If it has protection from water damage, again... That's, that's a good quality to have. And also protection for audio output. I would add to that um, 
I mean, in, in going back to the water bit, um, for example, the Doogee S95 had a little cover over the USB port to um, avoid water ingress that way and avoided having a 3.5mm port for obvious reasons, uh, so no water can get in that way, so relying on Bluetooth. And I think, that, I mean, that's one of the reasons why uh, Amazon and Samsung have sort of dropped the 3.5mm port, isn't it? Yeah, that is a, really one of the main reasons why it actually happened. Um, not just Apple wanting to make slightly slimmer devices, is that it was another potential way that water could get into a device. So eliminating it does make your device more waterproof, uh, more water resistant. Now, a lot of these phones claim to have been tested to military standards. Now, yeah, I... this this is always funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I um, oh, do you know one of my cousins I saw the weekend actually in ex marina. We should asked him about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, MIL STD eight one zero G is um, well, what is it? What's this all about? Okay, so it was a U.S. military standard developed for the testing of military devices and hardware. Um. It has found its way into rugged, ruggedized commercial products yeah. and manufacturers of those products like to proudly proclaim that their device has been tested to military standard. Now, I love that picture all... of the field radio. That's exactly what I think of when you say military standards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, someone, <laughs> someone using a satellite radio out of a backpack <laughs> with mortars falling out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the problem with this standard is, Christian, that there's no official testing standard for it. So anybody what? can test any part of the standard on their devices, but there's no official way of... Well, there are official ways of confirming what they say in their results, but there's no standardised test that a device has to go through. So you could pick and choose whatever elements of this testing and standardization certification that you want and mm -hmm. then say, look, it does this, but whilst you're ignoring that it might not do some of the other things. So they're basically picking and choosing. Yeah, effectively, yeah. So there's no strict regulation for it. We should add that it doesn't mean that the devices are not rugged. They are being built to a good rugged standard. And the manufacturers obviously want their devices to be good, strong and rugged. Yes, because there's no point in manufacturing something saying it's this because, you know, the internet's the internet. Anybody looking for a rugged device will read, oh, the review of whatever phone. Turns out it's absolutely pants. Yeah. Um, that's what will happen. So they are doing the testing that they say they're doing. It's just that there's more testing that they could be doing that they choose not to. Okay. There was a uh, phone that I reviewed. It just came to mind. And this was another rugged phone. Blackview BL8800 Pro. Thermal imaging and a great battery. I mean, this is a rugged phone. It was pretty hardy, I seem to recall. I'm not entirely sure what I did to it. <laughs> what did I do to this one? Did I hit it with a hammer? I'm not really sure. But it came with a thermal imaging uh, tool. Uh, camera mode and I was rather dismissive of this feature it turns out it's actually really useful to people in specific jobs so if any of the people that I offended with my um, disparaging <laughs> of thermal imaging as a gimmick uh, I'm very sorry um, I stand corrected 
I tried a thermal imaging phone on the floor at uh, IFA 2023. And right. I can't remember which brand it was. Maybe Ule, Ule phone, Ule phone. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. U-L-E-F-O-N-E. Uh, and the guy was showing me the thermal imaging capacity on it. So, which was all very, well, I've seen thermal imaging on phones before. Yeah. But what I liked about this was that you could use the phone's incredible zoom thing to zoom right in on specific things. But because we were on a show floor, obviously the only thing that was around us was humans. Right. <laughs> so he was like, look, you can see how hot this person's head is. <laughs> and zoom right in, <laughs> like a pinpoint view, this whole person's head filling the screen. I was like, cool, they're at a good temperature. <laughs> <laughs> They don't look unwell. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh God, don't go near that guy. He is, he's coming down with something. Um, okay. So I'm just uh, checking this. Um, apparently the IP, uh, sorry, the BL8800 Pro, I um, tested by dropping in a bucket, throwing it out of a window, uh, throwing it and, oh, and riding over it on a bike as well. Oh, nice. The bike wheel is a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the thing about that one as well is with, with the, um, the infrared thing is, uh, you can't see through walls with it. It will only no. give you the temperature of the items that it can see. It can't see through walls and then detect movement of other people. No, but I guess if you have uh, a house with damp problems and stuff like that, or heat's not getting into certain areas yeah. or something, that'd be quite useful. That's or useful, yeah, yeah. A, a pipe behind a wall is or looking for overheating. Leaks. Yeah, you find a hot spot that shouldn't be there and stuff like that. It would show that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, hopefully you've got a better idea of what proofing, what resistance and ruggedization of devices. These phones, uh, you can pick them up. Um, where do you get I mean, I, you can, I mean, I've seen them on eBay, but I'm not really sure where you buy them in the shops. Do you I buy them online? I think you buy them online. I think most of them are direct from manufacturer as far as I'm right. aware. Um, I mean, Christian and I are both in the UK, so it's we don't have... Uh, vast knowledge of the US market, but I think they're not in the same sense as you would be offered a, um, you wouldn't be offered one in the same sense as a new iPhone. Or no, a new, absolutely, yeah. A new Samsung or what have you, because they are, they are more niche. But yeah, they're more of a specialist product, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, you can buy them. I mean, I, I bought one when I was, was going on a really long hike, so I bought one on eBay. I can't remember how much it cost, but it was a good little investment i think it was only 100 quid or something and it it saved any worry about my much nicer phone being damaged yeah so. and of course if you're concerned about uh, dropping an iphone or a samsung or really pretty much any modern phone in water uh as long as it's easily retrievable you shouldn't have any worries there at all It is recommendations time, that part of the show where we um, suggest something that we've enjoyed or experienced over the past few days and uh, bring it to you, maybe with the consideration that you actually fancy trying it out yourself. That's the idea, anyway. Do you know what? I'm going to venture first this week. Oh, brave, brave. Yeah. I um, Two things, first of all. Number one, uh, as mentioned earlier on in the show, I was away at the weekend um, with my children. Uh, one of them refused to go to sleep in the hotel room after uh, the purpose of our visit had concluded. And she just found the bed uncomfortable. And, but, but, and I was slightly annoyed, frustrated, let's say, because I'd taken my Steam Deck with me because I had a feeling it would be difficult to get the children to go to sleep, but not that difficult. Um, and I just wanted to um, 
maybe uh, not so much trump up the tomb uh, the steam deck because it's an excellent feature uh, excellent device uh, console which is spoken about before but just the um, it's sort of uh, it's the 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 sort of um standby tombstoning mode basically i was in the middle of playing the i'd restarted red dead redemption 2 in the middle of last week and i'd got to um there's a stage sort of this beginning of this just before the second chapter starts i think and you can't save it until you have um, found Irene Adler. And so I had no choice but just to um, press the power button and put it back on charge. And I was able to just pick it up instantly and just carry on from that exact point on on Saturday night, which I was very, very pleased about. But that's not my recommendation. That's just a recommendation for the Steam Deck um, as a whole. My actual recommendation is a crazy, cute game called... Witch Rise, uh, which has just come out on the Nintendo Switch. Also, I think the PlayStation 4 and 5 and the Xbox One and Series XS uh, from uh, Light Up. And it's a, it's an indie game with a sort of uh, 90s feel FPS, but it's a very sort of cutie fantasy-esque game. So basically, I'll let my little girl play it. It's that cute. It's a crazy looking game it's got this sort of fantasy medieval setting and it's got sort of flat 2d pixel art in a sort of 3d world like the 90s um fps's like um, duke nukem 3d or doom or whatever i have um and it's it's just it's, it's very cute and it's very fun it looks uh i mean you've described it really really well but the, when i just looked at a picture of it there i thought wow that looks like doom yeah <laughs> But really cute, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that looks really, really good fun. Um, I can see that it's available. Uh, it's also available on Steam. I can see. All right. Um, so I might pick that up and give it a go. That, that looks great fun. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Um, so my little girl's been playing that. She's actually she's kind of reviewing it for me, so I don't have to play it too much. Um, I've given it given it going on one around, slashed at the, the strange green creatures, and uh, had a lot of fun um, with that. But she's um, she's a bit better on Switch games than I am, so I can let let her deal with that game. So that's my recommendation. I've had fun with it. She's still playing it. So uh, so that, yeah, that's my recommendation. What have you got? Um, I was going to recommend uh, Power World actually. All <laughs> right, we uh, talked about at the start of the show. Okay. Um, but I'm still going to recommend it because uh, I do think it's actually really, really good fun. Um, it's a good, um, very simple game to get into for, for anyone. I think, I, like I said earlier, I've played it for about 10, 12 hours. But there is a lot more stuff going on in there than I think I'm fully aware of. So the base building element, I think, gets quite big towards the end. And you can right. automate quite a lot of the processes in it to build your weapons and, and arm your pals with various types of weaponry and what have you. Um, I'm wondering how many hours I'm going to have to put into it to get into the more serious end of the base building side of it. But one of the things I've really enjoyed about it so far um, is like the map exploration, which is quite a big map. There's like different islands that are separated by stretches of water then you can like capture pals and then put like a saddle on them to go faster or, or cross stretches of water without running out of energy and this sort of thing. Um, it's definitely an early access game. There's a lot of like glitches and issues going on. Um, you'll certainly find 
uh, one of the monsters sort of standing in midair, basically, right. <laughs> because it's glitched off the edge of a cliff okay, and it still yeah. thinks the cliff is there, that sort of stuff, which is to be expected with an early access game. Um, the one thing I would say about it is I've played it on Steam, which is why I'm playing it. I've also played it on uh, the Xbox Game Pass because I wanted to play it uh, before fully committing. The version on the Game Pass is quite a few versions back from the version on Steam. Right. So there's different... The UI is slightly different. There's a few things that don't work in the Game Pass version that do work in the Steam version. And I think they're bringing updates more readily to the Steam version because it takes them a little while to filter through to the Xbox version. So if, uh, if you, you can play it on the Xbox Game Pass, but it's not as good as the Steam version. Okay. That's interesting to know. I presume that's because Steam stuff gets updated more regularly that's what i would have thought it takes a little bit longer for the updates to filter through to xbox game pass but it's still it's still good and it was good enough that it made me go hmm i probably want the full version of this because i want to play it whenever i want yeah okay fair enough uh excellent yeah so um that and everything else we've mentioned in this week's show you'll find uh, links to in the show notes Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back for another really useful podcast next week. Until then, it's goodbye from us. <laughs>